Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Week one is upon us. Packers at Vikings. My goodness, it is football. Somehow, someway. Wow. Zach Rapport here, holding it down in Albuquerque, New Mexico for the APC podcast from acmepackingcompany.com and SB Nation. Follow us on Twitter at the APC pod. This is episode two this week. We are back to regular season form and we are set to be joined by our buddy Arif Hassan, who covers the Vikings for the Athletic. We're going to give him the floor a little bit, let him give his Vikings sales pitch, what he likes, what he thinks their challenges will be, and, and what he thinks might happen this Sunday when the Vikings host our Packers. One thing I want to note here is that we did record this interview just before the Danelle Hunter news broke. Of course, the talented Vikings defender goes on injured reserve. Uh, pretty sure he doesn't mention him in this interview, Arif, uh, but just in case now, now you know why. All right. So without further ado, Vikings Packers preview. The season is here. Let's get it rolling. Enjoy guys. The number you dialed Happy to welcome now Arif Hassan, at Arif Hassan NFL on Twitter, covers the Vikings for The Athletic. Arif, it's been a minute. How's your summer gone? <laughs> well, How's your 2020? Was... <laughs> I, I, I bet it's pretty familiar to a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> walls, a uh, couple yeah. windows. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, are you actually on the beat there, like during training camp, um, co- uh, covering the team? Uh, yeah. So uh, I was I was able to go into to training camp. The I, as a as a tier three OA, which means outside access. I wasn't able to enter the facility. I didn't get to pull players aside during training camp and talk to them. I was only able to talk to players via Zoom. I actually on the first day I brought a pair of binoculars with me because I didn't know how far away they were going to set us up. And it turns out that was like a really wonderful decision because uh, it set us up pretty far away. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was able to I was able to go and 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 watch every practice. But it was uh, I'm assuming a much different experience for you or different vibe altogether than past camps. Yeah, absolutely, uh, much different vibe, especially because we're still not that far removed from when it was in Mankato, and so sometimes I'm just comparing it to that and not just the like last year when it was in Egan. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it's been like a, a rapid change in, in vibe and tone every single year, it seems like. So, 
I guess the the good part of that is it's easier to adapt if you're constantly adapting. (laughs) That's true. No stranger to change. Speaking of adapting, as we get right into it, uh, do you think that the Vikings home field advantage will be lessened by the fact that now all the other stadiums will also be allowed to pump in fake crowd noise? (laughs) (laughs) I got to get a crowd noise joke in there. Come on. No, that's good. (laughs) The thing is, the entire the timeline was only talking about the Falcons. Which, like, that's totally, you should joke about the Falcons and stuff. Like, that makes sense. But I saw very few jokes on the timeline about the Vikings pumping in crowd noise. And I'm like, am I old? Is this what's happening? Like, no one remembers this? <laughs> uh, Packer fans, are, the North remembers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, maybe those in, in other spheres don't. Um, but, no, I kid. Whatever. Um, let's actually talk about football. And the biggest news, I, I think, anyway, as a... Um, as a viewer from afar, is the acquisition of Yannick Ngakwe. How did you feel about that deal and, and what it does for this uh, team on the field and seller cap-wise? Yeah, well, obviously, salary cap-wise, it's pretty restrictive. Uh, I think the Vikings still have to do something to to make sure that they're, they've got enough buffer room for the season as emergencies pop up. I'm not sure, but right now, obviously, they're under the cap, or at least they need to be by, by 3 Central tomorrow. Um, so... Yeah, they're up against it. And the fact that we're discussing whether or not they can hit that deadline is is a good indication of how uh, difficult that, that that was and is for them. Um, but in terms of just like the acquisition uh, from a trade perspective and what it's going to look like on the field, I think it, it, it significantly improves the Vikings. And honestly, it's maybe the biggest uh, acquisition in the division because like what a boring division this was this year, right? Yeah. Just in terms of the offseason. Um, because, you know, Gladney is going to be kind of rotating. Jefferson's not going to be a starter. Uh, Cleveland's not even going to see the field. So from a draft perspective, they didn't get anything. Um, the Bears didn't have draft picks as far as I remember. <laughs> um, and I don't, the Lions, I think, had a good draft, but I think it felt mostly irrelevant. And of course, the Packers drafted a bunch of players that are not going to play. So, um, yeah, there's not a ton of happen in the offseason for this entire division. So, yeah, Ngakwe is like the guy. And maybe that means the Vikings had the best offseason, like at the finish line for what we consider the offseason. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's it's countered by the fact that the other big free agent acquisition that they made, Michael Pierce, opted out for the season. So uh, maybe it kind of washes out. I don't know. Um, but he's a really remarkably good pass rusher. I think his underlying metrics tell us that he's unlikely to to be disappointing, um, which I think a lot of people thought his 2019 season was from a pure production standpoint, which is fair. Um, but, you know, he's a really good pass rusher. He's going to be kind of a liability against the run. Um, the Packers have invested a lot in the run game, not just with Dylan, but also with DeGuara. And, uh, and LaFleur does like to run the ball and had a lot of success doing that um, with the Titans. So, uh, that's going to be a concern with Michael Pierce out and Ngakwe being an issue in that category without a ton happening up front for the Vikings in terms of run defense. Um, but for the most part, the team got a lot better because that pass rush is just worth that liability and run defense as the timeline had a discussion of sort of today with Aaron Donald. <laughs> and, and, and and it makes the, the defense less likely to regress, which has been a concern all offseason. Yeah, I was going to mention Aaron Donald in that uh, I have uh, faith that Yannick Ngakwe will be uh, will be very disruptive for the Vikings. Although um, I'm sure that yeah, there's some some metric out there that someone will use to try to prove that they are not a good player, as as has been done this week by uh, with Aaron Donald, uh, which is 
I don't know, new levels of absurd we're seeing in 2020. <laughs> it's it's good content. That's all I'll say. Hashtag good <laughs> content. Well, yeah, you mentioned a quiet off season around the division. Packers fans obviously wanted it to be a little bit louder in Green Bay in terms of wide receivers. And you also mentioned players opting out. I mean, the Packers got Devin Funches was their sort of insurance at wide receiver. He opts out. They They don't take a wide receiver in the draft. Uh, yeah, that's that's old news for for Packers fans. They're done gnashing the, their teeth. But the wide receiver position in uh, in Minnesota it looks a little different this year with Stefan Diggs uh, moving moving on. Uh, what are your thoughts on how the team addressed the position um, given Diggs's absence this year? I think it's impossible to you know quote unquote make up for it um, versus the expectation you expected to have out of the wide receiver position this year. Yeah. Um, if you compared it to last year, the fact that the going to be healthy, hopefully the full season, that kind of mitigates some of the, the production problem when you make the comparison to last year. But in just in terms of replacing digs, there's not really a way they could do that. They could do that outside of like, I don't know, being like the sixth team to trade for Brandon cooks or something like, I, I don't know that there's something they could have done. And so they did probably the closest they could have done, which was investing a, a first round pick into a player that a lot of people consider to be relatively safe. And I think, um, the Vikings, uh, you know, got a slight steal as much as you can in the middle of the first round, uh, by grabbing Justin Jefferson, which is great, but you know, that's a guy that if he's a good rookie is going to get a good first round rookie is going to get 800 yards. Whereas Diggs in a more pass happy offense gets 1500 yards. And in the Vikings, we're going to pass less than everybody in the Ravens offense managed to get a thousand somehow. Uh, and so yeah, you can't replace Diggs, I think with, with the tools that the Vikings had to do that. Uh, and so they got as close as possible, I think. And so the way they managed that, assuming that it was kind of a foregone conclusion that they had to trade him. And I, I don't know, I guess it sounded like it. Um, if I'm going to be generous to the organization, let's just say it is. <laughs> Uh, then yeah, fine. They did fine. Um, nothing explosive. I don't actually expect to see Jefferson seeing the field that often in the first couple of weeks because the truncated off seasons made it difficult for him to acclimate to the offense and the receiver starting ahead of him, seventh round pick from last year, BC Johnson, uh, has improved really significantly in camp. And so, um, there's a lot to be kind of excited about from the perspective of his development, but I, I think the passing offense just takes a step back. Yeah. Um, the only, I think, benefit is that Stefanski didn't really have a plan for when teams like the Packers or the 49ers shut down play action. Like that was just kind of, that was plan A and then it was done. Whereas Kubiak, I think, is probably going to be more flexible. And so if there are any improvements in the passing game, it'll be from potentially kind of upgrading at offensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. There was this weird sliver of Vikings Twitter that was like fine seeing Stefan Diggs go. Those people are delusional, right? <laughs> Yeah, I well, I mean, it's like people will get in their feelings about a player if the player is not as committed to the team as a fan is. And the problem, of course, with that is that the fan risks nothing but their like own emotional investment uh, with the team, whereas the player is like risking his reputation, his Life body. And limb, yeah, <laughs> like you know, I understand any player that's not invested in the team that he's on. Like that's fine. And uh, it's his job. And so if he has an issue with his employer and he brings it up, that's a thing. Like, was he a little immature at times? Yeah, of course. But that that's not the same as how effective of, let's say, a worker he was. Like, he was a really productive employee, right? And so him being kind of chafed at his employer is like, what? I don't care, right? I can't see why you would. Um, and so seeing him gone because you don't like how he tweeted – 
is remarkable to me because <laughs> yeah. he's an incredible receiver. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you sometimes you take the good with the bad. Would would the Vikings sign up for um, like a, in his prime Terrell Owens? Yeah, 100%. If they could get him on the roster right now, they would. Uh, that's a much worse, you know, locker room situation than Stephon Diggs was. But the point is to win games, not to like be happy about tweets. Yeah, and 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 we've been uh, Stefan Diggs truthers on the APC pod uh, since since the since the beginning. Ben Foldy uh, saying Diggs is the truth since like <laughs> like second or third time I think he he saw him play. But um, let's move on um, to something that I think you wrote about recently. You know, the Vikings had one uh, one UDFA rookie and no sixth or seventh rounders, I believe, make the team. And he talked about this a little bit with Justin. Jefferson, but how much do you think that the rookies and the young guys will be impacted by this sort of pandemic shortened off season that we we've, we've just now finished? Yeah. Well, for one, you know, they, they definitely got fewer opportunities. Um, every year for the past couple of years, several of, of the players in that category in that long shot, sixth, seventh and undrafted category made the team. Uh, and, and you just take a look at what the Vikings got out of those picks last year. I mean, Armin Watts, I think is turning out to be a really good player. They, they have a starting receiver from last year, from the seventh round. Uh, and, and they've got, uh, you know, some critical depth there as well. Uh, like, you know, like Chris Boyd and stuff. So, uh, and then, you know, undrafted free agents, you know, make the team too. And so, uh, not having that is it's not going to feel like a blow, but when you're trying to figure out what the roster is going to look like three years down the line and, and your late round picks aren't making the team, um, then it's going to feel pretty difficult to try and, and fill that out. And, you know, we can immediately see it in the fact that there's only two safeties on the roster. I mean, they 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 signed an undrafted free agent, Miles Dorn at safety, and they had two picks uh, in the late rounds uh, at safety and none of them made the team. And so well, now there's only two safeties, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, that that's a that's a big impact on the team. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there wasn't any preseason. Like you take a look at some of the the best UDFAs that the Vikings have had. You know, Adam Thielen, CJ Ham, Marcus Sherrills, they all made a huge impact in the preseason and right. proved that they they can ball. And so they didn't get to do that. That's that's a problem. And and the guy that did make it, Dan Chisna, he's not going to contribute as an offensive player. He's a special teamer only. And, um, and, and he was just so clearly an impactful special teamer in practices. Um, plus you don't have to like, honestly learn as much as you would for like an offense that, um, you know, he didn't have to get slowed down by learning like, well, I'm a, I'm a gunner. Do I release inside or outside? Well, solve that on day one. Like that's it. Right. right? Like, (laughs) so uh, you don't have to figure out if like the slot corner is aligned this way. I have to release this way. And if the, you know, the safety is up top, that means it's a blitz. So I got to go hot. Like you, you don't have to do all that. You just have to hit the punt returner. And so, um, (laughs) you know, his position was relatively easy to learn, which is great because he's just a track star, right? Um, all these other guys, they had to learn the offense and the defense and they just didn't have the time for it. So it's pretty significant from a depth perspective. We can see that immediately on the roster and then it might have some long-term ramifications. Now, luckily a lot of those guys, you know, ended up making the practice squad and hopefully they'll have time to kind of learn the offense over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, that's, you know, probably an issue for the Vikings. Yeah. Well, speaking of practice squad and UDFAs and preseason, et cetera, uh, earlier this week, uh, on our show, we talked uh, we, we, we debuted a, a segment, uh, I guess it didn't really have a name, but basically there's this concept that we introduced of like, you have your guys and the, and the way we defined guys is 
it's training camp, it's preseason. You find some like young undrafted free agent or some bubble guy. You learn an interesting factoid about them. You start following them. You start to root for them. Maybe they're a, and then you're all in. Yeah, and, I then, get this. and then you're all in. Right. So um, give us an example of a, a guy in uh, in in Minnesota. Some of the I'll give you some some parameters. It's got to be either undrafted or I think we said a day three draft pick. Um, and then beyond that, you probably don't want to have been with the club for more than two seasons, including practice squad. So those are your parameters. Give us a, a guy. Oh, so it's not like. just a rookie. It doesn't have to be just a rookie. No. Okay. Like Jake Kumro last year was a guy for a lot of people. So for me, that's Alexander Hollins, um, which like sucks because he didn't make me barely didn't make the roster. <laughs> Um, but he's on the practice squad, and I suspect if there's a, a an injury at receiver, instead of like playing Dan Chisna at receiver, they'll just promote Alexander Hollins. Uh, he was just remarkable in Week 17 against the Bears, and the Bears were playing their starters, the Vikings were playing their backups, and while this does count in terms of Trubisky beating the the Vikings four times in a row, um, the, <laughs> the yikes. The, the, yeah, right. It's it's brutal, but like the last one was was uh week 17 the Vikings didn't play their starters. Then the one before that was Chase Daniel just played the entire game, which that's not great for the Vikings, but it also we don't get to count that for Trubisky. All right. Uh, but, uh like I'm not going to say no, we got beat by Chase Young. That's good actually. Yeah, how dare you. But, <laughs> yeah, but um but uh Hollins was playing against the the starting corners uh that the Bears have and you know, that's not a bad uh defense to to make hay. And he just got open constantly. And when the targets were coming his way, he obviously was reeling them in. He had a really great week against them. And he had a drop against the Saints the following week, which, by the way, they activated him for the Saints game and played him. So that says a lot. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't learn a ton about him. I knew he was FCS. He was Eastern Illinois. He uh, set reception and receiving records for Eastern Illinois. But the thing I liked the most about him is that his nickname is Bones because he's just so tiny. Um <laughs> 160 pounds in college. That's great. 166 pounds at the combine. Like, can you imagine? Like, they told him, "Hey, for the combine, you're gonna have to beef up. You're gonna get a, have to be as heavy as possible and retain your speed." And he was like, "All right." And he gained six pounds. Uh, <laughs> and so he shows up to camp, can't break 170, uh, and and did pretty good last year in camp. And then this year, he just had, I think, a really remarkable camp. Didn't have a bad day. He had some bad reps, but he never had a bad day. Uh, and, uh, and I think that's really remarkable for an undrafted free agent from last year, uh, who I honestly thought should have made the roster because I thought he was playing a lot better than, than some of the other players, uh, at receiver. And I, he seemed like he bulked, he was winning contested catches. And I, and I asked, you know, did he bulk up? And, and Mike Zimmer was like, I relatively, <laughs> he might've gained a few pounds, but that's not bad for he him. He ate a couple cliff bars. <laughs> right. <laughs> So that's 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 my guy. You know, it's a guy that no one's ever heard of until uh, you know he ends up making something out of it, and, uh, and that hasn't happened yet. But I, all I think right, got the talent. Well, you know what? We all need we all need a guy. Everyone needs a guy to follow. And it's been tougher this uh, this year with no sort of no preseason. Sort of uh, in the Packers' case, very sort of stymied coverage of the team. So it's been hard. But now that we, roster weekend has passed, we had our sort of let's all draft our guys podcast a couple days ago. So Alexander Hollins. All right. I will keep my ears open. Um, let's turn now to 
just sort of, I want to get a division outlook from you. We, we ran a poll at the APC pod on Twitter, who's going to win the division and no surprise, green and gold glasses and our followers, 95% of the people <laughs> who replied okay. said, said the, the Packers and then 4% said the Vikings. So that feels, um, there's an imbalance there, but what do you think about the, uh, the division outlook here and sort of the Vikings chances? Who do you like? to win do you buy into any of the the uh mina kimes led lions hype that you're seeing out there <laughs> i love the lions hype honestly um so i i don't know i always love lions of- hype because it means they're gonna blow it so <laughs> <laughs> go lions uh, i i like cheering for the lions because it's like really harmless um like what happens oh no i cheer for the lions oh. but <laughs> no but i said i think i was on the lions podcast and i said uh honestly i could see the entire division going nine and seven um, yep. and like the winner being like the fifth order tiebreaker or whatever it is like total points scored or something. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough division to figure out because the best defense has the worst quarterback um, with the bears. And then uh, last year's best quarterback was like, strangely, it wasn't Kirk cousins or Aaron Rodgers; It was Matthew Stafford quietly. Uh, yes, from, it was. Yeah. And so uh that's something but then he's got matt patricia as a coach so like how far can he go right like i have no idea so uh this is a a a really interesting division and uh the nfc north has a really difficult schedule this year um the vikings have i think uh maybe the most difficult schedule they do by if you if you saw that mike sando article um if you look at the quarterback tiers that executives put together um, the Vikings have the most difficult quarterback schedule. And that's helped by the fact that the Packers don't have to play against Aaron Rodgers. So there's that. Um, but uh, they do in practice. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So they all have a, a really difficult schedule and obviously they have to play each other um, and they could all finish within one and a half wins of each other. And so my take is that just don't be surprised at whoever wins. The yeah, division. it's a muddy picture. Um, but yeah, if I have to pick a winner, um, and now that home field advantage doesn't matter, I guess maybe the Lions? Yeah, let's do that. All right. <laughs> Putting a stake in the ground. Um, well, it all gets started uh, with week one, Packers, Vikings. I believe it was uh, Peter Bukowski recently on Twitter who said something like, the Packers swept the Vikings last year and none of the reasons for those outcomes have changed. Do you agree with that categorization? And um, and either way, give me a prediction for the game. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Really elegantly asked question. Well, Um, whatever. (laughs) Don't don't worry. I'm worse. Um, Yeah, uh, I'll say on field, none of the reasons have changed. I think off field, having a coordinator that is probably better at adapting to what happens when when plan A is taken away, um, that's pretty significant because um, the Packers did two things. They played a ton of press coverage, which usually shouldn't work against the Vikings because they've got Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, both of them are really great against that. But Jerry Alexander is really, you know, not bad. So uh, that that was one. And then two is that they just kind of didn't really care about Dalvin Cook and they they dove on Kirk Cousins on uh, wide zone action. So um, the play action game died. Uh, and Cousins was something like three yards per attempt on play action in both meetings against the Packers. So uh, that seems pretty significant. And a big part of the Vikings passing game is play action. And so when when the press coverage destroyed the timing for non-play action plays and when pressure destroyed the ability for boot action plays to really work, there just wasn't a ton to do. And so on field, hey, you know, Ezra Cleveland was their pick. He's not going to see the field this week. And so that part didn't change in terms of pressure. Um, you lose to Fawn Diggs. 
Uh, that's not going to help. And they did have Adam Thielen for one of those meetings. Uh, what are you going to do? Well, you probably just have to do something schematically. And I think that, uh, you know, figuring out a way to to keep somebody to to chase the the edge defender that's inevitably going to bite on Kirk Cousins instead of the run uh, to protect Cousins, having someone just assigned to that. That might help from a schematic perspective. Um, kind of trusting Adam Thielen to win. In, he's got the best release in the NFL, um, which, you know, contested in the division, right? Because Devontae Adams has a remarkable release. Yep. But uh, in beating press coverage, you know, I trust maybe Adam Thielen over anybody else. And that includes Stephon Diggs, who I think is just a better receiver. Uh, and so, uh, you know, trusting him to win uh, and and finding a way to take advantage of open spaces, um, that's what you're going to have to do when you don't have play action. So. Yeah, I, I think it's possible that the Vikings figure out a way around this because it's not like the first time in the world that somebody decided to beat play action. Um, it just seemed to surprise first-year coordinator Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. Uh, will the Vikings win this week? Um, I don't know. The The betting line is weird. I don't know if Vikings minus three is is accurate. That's really unusual to me. At the same time, huh. it did not change after the Vikings acquired Yannick Ngakwe, so... That's also unusual to me. Huh. Like the, the game should be much closer than minus three Vikings. So that right? line has been the same for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. That's uh, maybe maybe it's changing as we get closer. But um, yeah, it's very weird. Uh, I I would I would in that scenario you know bet the Packers to cover. But I do think the Vikings are probably better. I think some semblance of home field advantage is still going to be there, um, but it's going to be smaller. Um, divisional home field advantage is smaller anyway, and then without a crowd, obviously. Um, and I would say that for whatever reason, uh, Kirk Cousins has been outproducing Aaron Rodgers for the past couple of years. Uh, and so you'll get better quarterback production. I'm being very careful with my words here, I don't know if you can tell. Uh, quarterback production from, from Cousins than you will from Rodgers. And because of that, I'll say the Vikings will probably win, but I think it's going to be really close. Um, the Packers just has seemed to have solved the Vikings offense. It's not a dramatically different offense. So I wouldn't be surprised if I'm just like very wrong about this. But the Vikings defense has found ways when they've had talented corners and when they haven't had talented corners to really make Aaron Rodgers really uncomfortable. And so the Packers have had to rely on their defense the past couple of matchups if they wanted to win. Yep. Uh, and uh, and I think that that matchup changes because it's Kubiak instead of Stefanski. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. That's fair. I like one or two points. Yeah, that's fair. Well, we shall see. And uh, there you have it. You know, I'm two LaCroix in and Arif is criticizing my question asking chops. So I think that means <laughs> it is time to go. Um, Arif, thank you uh, for breaking the seal here on our season, being our first guest to preview uh, week one. And um, uh, I hope I hope both teams have fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's my new sign off on these uh, on these preview episodes i hope both teams have fun um at arif Hassan nfl on twitter again covers the vikings for the athletic arif thank you so much for the time and um i'll probably dm you on sunday after the game when the packers win sure looking forward to <laughs> later <laughs> see you oh we have fun here All right, guys, that is going to do it for us. Big thanks again to Arif Hassan for joining us, doing a little Vikings Packers preview. 
Please consider giving us a rating in Apple Podcasts. Positive rating helps us uh, reach more people and makes us feel good, too. Patreon.com slash NoteNugs. If Patreon's your thing, that's where we are. Patreon.com slash NoteNugs. N-O-T-E-N-U-G-S. You've already missed one game, but it's not too late. There is still some time to join the free listener pick em. Follow us on Twitter at the APC pod and let us know if you are interested. If you're a sane person who's not on Twitter, email also works. The APC podcast at gmail.com. All right, we got a game. Packers at Vikings. Let's do this, people. And we will be back with you on the other side of the weekend to break it all down. Until then, go pack go. Keep your stick on the ice, guys. Chuck a luck until they're dry and raise your spirits too.